Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a devotional that will speak to you no matter what your current relationship is with your teen. Let's hear what Mark has to say. A young lady walked up to me and she said, um, you ask so many questions. <laughs> I said, you think so? And she goes, give me a straight answer. I said, do you need me to? And she goes, you're doing it again. And I said, I'm doing what? There is something about asking questions that creates an amazing connection between people because it gets them engaging just a little bit. And I'm reminded of the scripture, Matthew 7, 7, that says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. It's interesting to me that that's almost a progression of how I would tell people to engage with their kids. Ask, seek them, and knock. I mean, instead of barging in a door, just knock. I mean, do you ever wonder if your child will be one of the casualties of the current um, adolescent culture? Do you worry that while you've had the skills to get your child through their elementary school years that you might not have the parenting skills to help them during middle school and high school years? Do you think that there might be some things in the life of your child that you don't know about, just as your parents didn't know everything that happened in your life? Do you feel like you no longer truly know your child and what she's thinking about or dreaming of? It's amazing that these questions have got you thinking a little bit, haven't they? Are you scared of the answers? Are you fearful of the possibilities? Are you concerned for your child? Are you frightened of that approaching storm? You know, questions have a mighty way of getting you to think outside the box and to consider something other than what you've been holding on to um, for comfort or out of habit. Uh, they, these questions arouse you to think. And in the process of thinking, you either rely on the resources you have collected throughout your life to answer some of those questions, or you search for the answers from people around you who can give you that sense of insight and wisdom and some knowledge outside your understanding. If you accept their counsel, chances are it helps you in your journey of answering the unanswered uncertainties you encounter. The gathered knowledge of the principles of right living, which is wisdom, is gained in the past, coupled with the influence of knowledgeable relationships, and keeps you on a path you are intended to walk. And you want to know something? Your child is no different. You know, every, every week I am asked how I communicate with kids. People listen to me on the radio and they hear our podcast, and they're always saying, you you engage with kids so well. And I, and I always... Uh, tell them, you know, that this white mustache grandpa gets to talk to kids all the time and it gets them coming back for more. And be, because this is what I do. I ask questions. I seldom give my opinion and I'm very careful with my answers. So let me break that down for you just a little bit. First of all, there's a value in questions. You know, asking questions does a couple of things that are crucial in developing a relationship of longevity with your teen. And first of all, it makes them feel valued. 
I mean, do you think kids in their tween and teen years need to experience a sense of worth in a world of performance and appearance? The undulterated inquiry into their life from you conveys a sense of interest that's seldom displayed and rarely seen by others. And I think it impresses a teen to think that someone from a different world would want to come into theirs and show an interest about their life, no matter how put together or how messed up it might be. And for your teen to feel this value, Mom, Dad, you've got to position yourself and communicate questions in a way that does not make your teen interpret your questions as another form of interrogation, where you're just digging up dirt or trying to find evidence, or you don't want them to interpret your questions as a a courtesy question just to give you a platform to share another one of your opinions, or as an inquiry to gather information to be used at a later date to prove a point. And they don't want to interpret their, or you don't want them to interpret your questions to be an attempt to jump into their life to add another improvement to to their makeover list, or you don't want them to interpret your question as a sarcastic remark parked in a question that passes judgment or an accusatory investigation into the habits, choices, and actions of friends. And while there may be an occasion in which you have to ask these questions to accomplish some of the things that I've mentioned, there must be a time and place and an opportunity where your team feels safe, you know, and your questions are focused to gain insight into your child's heart. This is where you're seeking This is where you're asking. And so there's a part of it that 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 teens will sense a sense of genuineness and authenticity of your concern. They'll know if it's real or not. And so second, asking questions give teens the opportunity to share answers that show you where their interests are, where their confusion is seated and what conflict of values they might be struggling with. And why are they be why they're behaving the way they are? You know, questions are the key that unlocks the door of opportunity to engage deeply with your teen and allow motives, hurts, and hidden feelings to rise to the surface. And this is what you want, isn't it? Your questions should then be derived from the answers your teen gives and follow-up questions that they ask you. And if you spend your time asking questions, you may hear more than, than you want to know, and you'll likely hear some things you'd rather not know. But I can guarantee you this, that you'll never have a shortage of topics to discuss. You know, I don't share my opinion with teens I'm counseling unless I'm asked, and, um, and then only rarely. And remember, the point of asking the question isn't so that we can find the answer. It is so they can find the answer. And I'm not sure that my opinion about a particular topic sticks to the ceiling when tossed to and fro in a teenager's life as much as an opinion that is self-formulated through their search for truth by themselves. So I don't want a child to mimic or duplicate my opinions. I want them to go further and deeper in developing their own opinions. And, and this makes for some interesting discussions and varied opinions that in the long run will indeed reflect my influence, but not necessarily my exact feelings about a particular issue or topic. How boring would it be to sit around and talk with people who feel exactly the same way that you do about everything? I might as well be talking to a mirror. So when you look in a kid's eyes uh, and, a, and, and he says to you, hey, I need something from you, and I can tell that his wheels are turning, I usually ask, do you want an answer or do you want, are you asking for my opinion? 
And then there's times that a teenager just says neither. Or that I, or and I respond, okay. And then there's times that they say, Well, give me your opinion. And more times than not, I respond I respond by saying, you know, I'm not sure what I think about that. Not because I don't really know, but because I don't want to stop the teen from formulating their own opinion. And on rare occasions, I'd let them know what I think. Why? It is because I want teens to continue to question and search with their whole heart. I want them to keep thinking. I want them to take those bits of truth they've already been taught and figure out how to place them in their faith and their value development. I want them to do it instead of me acting like I have to do everything for them. I want them to come up with the answer rather than take the lazy way out and have something given to them. And I want them to feel proud for what they've done not from what they've been told. I want them to develop their own thoughts and beliefs, not just plagiarize mine. I want to be the one who directs them to the truth, but but I don't want to be the one that gives them all the truth. Now, let me ask you, do you see the necessity of changing your parenting style of teaching from lecture discussion and filling that discussion with questions? I hope you do. Let me talk a little bit about answers. You know, I'm amazed at the stars. I, I love meteor showers. I get up early and stay up late just to see a passing com, uh, comet and, or something funky happening with the moon. I look for shooting stars, and I've, I've seen the moons around Jupiter. I get intrigued about the pulsating expansion of the universe, and I read any article about astrophysics I can. I am filled with wonder about the universe because I can't understand it all. It's that wonderment that keeps me looking. The beauty and intrigue beyond this earth for me happens because I don't know the answers to most of the questions I have about the solar system. Until I get to heaven, I'll keep enjoying what I see, and I and I live with a great sense of contentment that I don't have to know everything. So the questions you ask your teens should pique their interest, but not satisfy their curiosity. The amazing expedition of understanding and realization is a lifelong road trip where the joy is in the journey, not in the completion. I believe the teens often don't search for many answers because they feel like they know them all, or they don't marvel at much because everything's been explained away, and most like to fish, but they don't know how to catch them. You know, questions have an amazing way of getting people to think, don't they? They set up those wheels of intrigue and interest and emotion that immediately stops when the answer is found. So kids don't need more answers. We live in a world of information that can explain away many things. And parents feel like that if they just give the right answers and keep filling their kids with more facts, solutions, and appropriate responses and remedies and repair techniques, then all would be perfect, right? Yeah, but how boring, Okay, so here's, here's kind of the groundwork of questions. And I encourage you to quit trying to figure out how to give all the answers to your teens and, and tweens and, and start engaging and responding to them in ways that helps them find solutions. In my communication with kids, it isn't built on a foundation of answers, but it's built on a foundation and, and with a lot of groundwork of questions. And here are some of the responses to questions and comments kids ask that I utilize to keep the conversation going and create a world of thinking, of wonderment, and this constant searching. And I say this to them. I go, wow, that, that must have been tough, was it? Hey, really, you think so? Is that working for you? Did you come up with you, that yourself or, or did, you, did someone tell you that? Hey, is that a good thing? 
Hey, I can't see that working in my world, but how does it work in yours? Hey, is that going to get you where you want to be? Man, where did that thought come from? Here's my key to communication. My hope is to build a relationship with teens that promotes interaction and communication that will last for years. And as a result, I know that I'll have plenty of times to revisit comments, ask more questions, dig a little deeper, and be a part of their development. In other words, I don't have to fix everything in one setting, and it's not essential to give the right answer each time. So you want to know how you can usher in this era of asking questions in your family? The first step is to learn to not be afraid of silence. Even a fool appears wise when he keeps his mouth shut, is what Proverbs 17, 28 says. And another proverb says, says this, it says, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary and hate you. And put these two proverbs together and apply them to communicating with your soon-to-be or current teen, and the lesson would be this, talk less so that your teens will come to you and don't talk too much or they'll cut you off quickly. You know, I found that many parents consistently feel the need to remind a teen of what to do, how to do it, and whether she did it right. And it's almost as if they don't trust what they've taught their child, so they have to keep teaching, reminding, and repeating lessons to such a point that a child eventually shuts down, hoping, you know, the parent will just shut up. And so the bad part about this is that the child then misses out on all the golden nuggets of wisdom that parents share because there's so much noise coming her way. Moms! Dads, you've got to stop. If you want your tweens and teens to start moving toward you, then stop pushing yourself on them, especially in communication. If you want to know the intensity of your approach, stop talking for a day and see the reaction you get from your kids. I think you'll find that, they're, that they'll start moving toward you and they'll start asking questions along the way. And the first question will be this. Hey, Dad, Dad, hey, What's wrong with mom? She's not talking. And your answer should be this. I don't know. Why don't you go answer her? Not sarcastically, but just ask questions. Don't give an answer. And I think you'll be amazed at their response. So once you've spent a few days backing down on the number of words that are spoken by you or your spouse, try this little exercise at your dinner table. Just ask a simple question. This What is most important to you? And the ground rules are simple. Everyone's got to answer, and dessert isn't served until everyone gives at least five things that are important to him. And if you need to, encourage them. Tell them that you'll give them something if they answer with something more than a shrug of the shoulders or a one-word answer, or can dig deep and come up with something special to them. I'd, I'd give them each some cash. I'd go, hey, five bucks for your thoughts. Hey, you're going to give away all your money anyway one day, so you might as well give it now so you can get something out of it. Encouragement through reward is a good way to get them to interact. And eventually they'll understand your questions and might even enjoy being heard when they share their opinions. And when they answer, listen. Don't share your opinion until asked. And even if asked, you don't have to always give an answer. Don't judge their comments and don't try to tell them how to say something better or how to communicate better. Just listen. You might find out something about your child that you never knew. And you'll have plenty of time to communicate in the future if you know the dinner table is a safe place for you to connect. Can you now see how conversations that are full of questions 
have a more powerful influence on a young teen than those filled with lecture or directives? So I'd encourage you to do this. Fill your discussions with your kids with questions. It creates an internal world of wonderment and journeying that is self-motivated by them rather than outwardly stimulated by you. Teens need to learn to ask questions, and that will only happen as they observe your wise example. Okay, Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. And knock, and it will be open to you. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.